This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. In this episode of the Doctor Who Podcast, we've been bicycling around the world looking for lost episodes. Hello, my legs are tired from all of that bicycling around. <laughs> uh, Stephen here, and uh, I'm joined this week in the camper van by James. Hello, Stephen. Hello, everybody. And Leeson. Hello, I made it. Uh, yeah, my bicycle broke down, uh, had a bit of a puncture, but, uh, but I managed to get it fixed and uh, made it just in time. I haven't missed anything, have I? Well, apparently you've missed quite a bit. James? <laughs> Leeson always misses quite a bit, so there's nothing new there. No, Leeson, you haven't missed anything at all. Everything's as, as it was when you left last time. Oh, good, good. Is it your turn to make the brews? Oh, we're having jokes about teas and camper vans again. <laughs> Wonderful. I always enjoy that. Yes, yes, it's my turn to make the tea. How many sugars would you like, Lisa? You know how many sugars I have, James, you say. We have this every time. And uh, milk in last. <laughs> I, think you're just, I think you're just trying to do this to exclude the American. <laughs> oh, tea, of course. Would you like some English breakfast tea, Stephen? <laughs> I love my PG tips, it's alright. <laughs> really? <laughs> I do. Okay. That's enough jokes about pretend camper vans, pretend cups of tea, and pretend bicycles. Lisa, perhaps you would like to explain why we had so many different bicycle references at the opening of this episode. Well, we are here to discuss um, the rumours uh, in, in forum land and, and in Who fandom in, in general that have been rumbling on for a long time uh, about the discovery of, of missing episodes of Doctor Who. And just to put some some context to this, for people that perhaps don't know, um, that in the 1960s, TV was was kind of a, a new medium. People didn't know what they were were doing with it. They, they didn't know where it was going, and it was it was kind of ephemeral. There was a deal at the time that Equity Equity were very worried that TV would would kill actors, uh, uh, you know, the acting profession. That you would capture an actor's performance in a show on camera and you would be able to show it uh, forever uh, and therefore the actor would never be employed again it sounds crazy but you know it, it was it was a new thing it was a, it was a crazy medium and people didn't quite understand it so they had a deal uh, with the broadcasting stations the bbc included where that they could only show these uh, these tv programs that they made uh, a number of times two or three times three an exception so once they'd been broadcast three times they were kind they were kind of redundant so and they literally were just taking up space on shelves so it was routine, and Doctor Who wasn't singled out for this. This was, you know, across the board. Uh, these uh, videotapes could be wiped and reused because they were very expensive, and this is what they did. Prior to some of these being wiped, you know, they, they were syndicated and they were sold to, to countries abroad, hundreds of countries in Doctor Who's case, uh, and this was done by a process called uh, uh, teles, telescreening, telesnapping. What's, what's the word I'm looking for? Tele... Yeah, oh, what is the word? Edit this out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was beginning to sound like I knew what I was doing Telerecording uh, and, and that was literally just uh, where the videotaped uh, TV show was shown on a screen uh, And a, a 16mm cam, camera uh, and a film camera would, would, would just film the screen uh, and Then these prints were taken and they were sold to hundreds of countries around the world Now that would lead you to believe 
uh, wrongly that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, perhaps even thousands of copies of uh, these things uh, floating around the world because they sold them around the world. But they didn't do that. They so they lent them to a country, to a broadcasting company at a time. So they would go to, say, Canada first and then on to America. And then uh, there was an order uh, that, that this was done in. Uh, and this process was called bicycling. So uh, these, these uh, uh-huh. there we go. We get to the, to the crux of the biscuit. Uh, and um, they were passed on and passed on and passed on. And when they got to their final destination, the, the TV company that, uh, that had them finally had to send them back to the BBC for destruction or destroy them and uh, provide proof that they had been destroyed. Now, we found stuff in the past. I say we. Um, that there have been people, Indiana Joneses of the, of the Doctor who uh, found them, that, that have discovered... Uh, prints that were previously thought to be lost in TV stations around the world and you know, it's possible that they could have happened again uh, hence where these rumours have come from but there, there may be a grain of truth to these recent rumours that James might know a bit more about. <laughs> well, uh, not really, in all honesty. And I think <laughs> we, we, we probably ought to say right from the outset that we know nothing for sure. Uh, we, mm. we are talking about rumours. This is a rumours podcast. So please don't take anything we say as definitive in any way, shape or form. We've got no hard evidence. We've not been told anything. Uh, we have pretty much hearsay, unless Stephen's found out anything. No, but you know what? That's my absolute favourite thing is to absolutely know nothing but talk a lot about it. Oh, I don't think the DWP would exist <laughs> if, if we didn't do that pretty much most episodes. Um, yes, I, I first heard uh, about these rumours coming up to nearly two years or so ago now. Now, I don't know if you two remember, you, well, I'm sure you do remember, it's less than two years ago, you haven't got that bad memories. Um, you remember when the Underwater Menace and Galaxy 4, or episodes from those two stories, turned up? Mm-hmm. Towards the end of 2011. Now... In in January, and, and Stephen, this is something for you to look forward to, we, we make our predictions for the next 12 months. And one of my <laughs> predictions in January 2012 was that there would be some more missing episodes returned to the BBC archives. Because I was still, you know, buzzing, really, from uh, from those two episodes turning up just a couple of months ago, as it was at the time. And sadly, nothing materialised. However, I was on tender hooks. For that entire year. Now, I'd interviewed a new series writer um, in the early part of 2012 who made it pretty clear. In fact, he said that there had been what is now referred to as a wheelbarrow load uh, full of old Doctor Who episodes found. And of course, I didn't really believe it because there were lots of beers flowing, but they were pretty pretty convinced and and by the end of the evening i i got to the point where i believed that they believed it if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, and of course there was no evidence there was there was nothing there but there was some detail there was some detail and it's the reason why we've decided to record this podcast now is because that detail resurfaced nearly 18 months later i when the recent batch of rumours were doing a circus just a couple of months or so ago, and not much had changed. And there there were always rumours floating around fandom about missing episodes being recovered. There are lots of fan sites who have either been fooled into believing it's true or just generally got it wrong. Um, and, And, of course, fandom takes a deep breath and just gets on with it and waits for the next set of rumours to come round. But this set of rumours had traction, and and it's 
it's been pretty consistent. It hasn't changed, aside from the number of episodes that have been discovered, allegedly. This rumour is pretty much the same as when I heard it back in January 2012. And there have, there have been some specific things that, that have popped up, because I've been following this rumour. You, I mean, you did call me. You, you, I remember the phone call. Uh, I, was, I was in the middle of cooking tea, uh, and you said, you might want to sit down. I've got something to tell you. And you, and you, and you, you told me what you'd heard. Uh, and I, I mean, I dropped my lollipop. I, I just, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't contain my excitement. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then so I, I followed, I followed the the rumours, you know, as they started to bubble through. Because admittedly, you were the first person to tell me, and I didn't hear anything for a long time after that. No. And then things started to bubble through in forums, and and they correlated. It was the same. It was the same kind of information. And then I, I there was there was stuff that came out recently about. Uh, some kind of shipping document, which had allegedly been seen by someone, uh, of stuff being brought in via Liverpool, and the guy had been told that, you know, in an offhand way, that that it it, it contained film prints to be returned to the BBC archives, uh, at Dad's Army and Doctor Who and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and and to and to people that that, that aren't aware, uh, and, and some of you listeners out there you won't be aware that um, a lot of the sixties um, you know, archive is missing. Uh, most of Patrick Troughton's era is missing. Mm. Um, so to your casual person working in a dock, the, the, they wouldn't they wouldn't be aware that this was important. But but it's interesting, and um, the rumours seem to um, consistently say that it's that it's a large haul of stuff that yeah. that has been found, and. And did I hear somewhere that it was found in the room next door to where they had discovered... <laughs> and this is a... If this is a rumour, this is a brilliant rumour. I and mean, if this is the truth, it's the best truth I ever heard. That, it, that they found it all in the room next door to where they have discovered... Uh, where they discovered Tomb of the Sidemen. <laughs> well, that is a recent rumour. Um, mm. if, you, if you look at the rumours that have been circulating, it's been fairly consistent that these episodes have been recovered... Allegedly, <laughs> said allegedly more times in this podcast than ever before. <laughs> um, in in Africa, um, mm. however, I have recently heard uh, that at least one story had been found complete in the room next to the room that uh, Tomb of the Cybermen was discovered <laughs> in in the early nineties. And but now, and that sounds ridiculous. It sounds crazy, but. No, just to could uh, be true. <laughs> it, it, it could easily it's be true so because because the be more true. you read about this, there's a wonderful book which uh, which is written by Richard Molesworth called Wiped. It, it, it's an incredible um, academic work on on the hunt for for lost episodes. Um, I mean, it really really goes into into some detail the the whole process of how these things were sold, uh, and you you come away with a, with a real sense that, that there is no possibility. That, that anything could could possibly exist that that the search has been exhausted uh, and some of the descriptions of of uh, people who have gone into the archives because you sort of imagine you, you go into a, a far flung tv archive in 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 africa and and everything is nicely catalogued and you just have to go along to uh, b for bbc d d for doctor who have a look no 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 there's no doctor who but it's it's not like that these are these are literally some of these uh, i've heard, i've heard someone i think in the interview was something that said, um, uh, that Tom did on, on this show where one of the episode hunters sort of uh, fancifully says that people are always coming up to me saying is it like Indiana Jones that, that, that last bit <laughs> yeah. of Indiana Jones where uh, the Raiders of the last, Lost Ark where the Ark is, is filed away and he says sometimes it is you walk into these dusty places and some of the film, can, the film cans aren't labelled and unless you physically take everyone out and play them uh, you, you're never going to know whether you're, whether you're finding the right thing and that's, that fills you with hope 
that they, they could be there, dusty or being dust off, dust, <laughs> dusted off. Yeah, yeah you're, you're talking about the interview with Paul Vences. I can never say a sermon. Uh, right. Vene- I, I said Venezes, I think. Venezes, uh, yeah. And I do apologise, Paul, for, for massacring your name. Um, but that was back in April 2012, mm. and uh, again, this is when rumours were were beginning to to surface. You wouldn't say that they were abound at that point, but uh, certainly people were beginning to look at other fans in that certain way to say, "Do you know? Have you heard? Have you heard?" You know, mm, I'm not too sure. That's kind of what I find interesting about this is, and and it, Doctor Who fandom is is such a is is so strange the way that rumors the rumors spread you know um and how uh so many disconnected people or seemingly disconnected people sort of have the same <laughs> stories and you don't yeah. know where they yeah. where they're originating from and if there's some you know pyramid scheme happening there at the top the per- it's all it's all dribbling down mm. but what what i find interesting about the the evidence uh and, and i just did air quotes there um, I don't, I don't know what you call them <laughs> there, but um, <laughs> but they work really well on podcasts. Yeah, yeah. they do, they do. That's why I, you know, <laughs> they talk about it. But um, uh, I talk with my hands. I'm half Italian. What can I say? Um, so, uh, but the, the the evidence being that hasn't work stopped on some of the restoration. I, I've heard mm. that too. I mean, I, I haven't heard or read anything that says that explicitly, but I have seen something, and I think it may have been in the latest DWM, possibly on Twitter, I can't can't quite remember, where some of the people who have been doing some work on Underwater Menace and the Moonbase have said this is their final work mm-hmm. for the mm. range. Now, is that because they've reached the end? There is no more to restore? Well, I, now I, I haven't got my um, DVD uh, sort of re- releasing schedule to hand, but I, I've read some some interesting ideas that have been put forward by people that um, there are uh, releases that are due to be animated that you know have that we're given stills of and you know just a taste of what the animation will look like, um, and there are ones that that, that we haven't, uh, and you know does that suggest that? Uh, uh, that the ones that we haven't have been discovered. I mean, it's all just—it's it, oh, it's, it's mind-boggling. It the, is, the more, and it's, it's you... impossible to consider this objectively as well because you just can't help your little fanboy heart pumping, you know, and and, and you get carried away and you start thinking, wouldn't it be fantastic? But uh, but let, let me spice it up a little bit. Let me talk a little bit about detail um, here as well because mm. um, this individual named some episodes that have been recovered. I mean, first of all, they said... It was double figures. The numbers that had been found was double figures. And, of course, I was too agog at this point to find out, you know, what you mean, 11 or 99. You know, I didn't ask. Um, but what what had been said was that both the Massacre and the remaining episodes of the Celestial Toymaker had been found in their entirety. Episode 4 of the Tenth Planet, which, of course, you take with a pinch of salt because that features in every single missing episode discovery rumor and also episode one of power of the daleks and a few other single episodes from from missing stories um, this this individual didn't believe stephen moffat knew of this discovery so uh, at that particular point i think the news was very fresh so mm. i think it couldn't have been more than a couple of months old and that was in january 2012 and allegedly there were plans afoot to screen episode 4 of the 10th planet 
at the official Doctor Who convention in Cardiff that mm. took place in March 2012 and indeed was the main reason why Lisa and I and Ian went. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it wasn't a disappointment. Um, obviously, it was a disappointment, but it wasn't a disappointment in terms of what the uh, event was like. But there was a huge restoration panel uh, there that Steve Roberts was on. And I, I asked a question, as you do. You put your hand up. And, mm-hmm. of course, the obvious question, they must have seen it coming a mile off. What are the chances of there being more episodes being discovered? And normally, when anyone from the restoration team was asked a question, a question like that, they were unequivocal in their response. And they were saying, exceptionally unlikely, for all of the reasons, Lisa, that you talked about earlier. Mm. You know, it, it's simply not likely anymore you know even if tapes existed the chances of them being in a usable or viewable condition was diminishing as time progressed however this time the answer that came back and i and i am quoting here <laughs> i'm quoting here it air was, quotes yeah air quotes yes indeed i'm not half italian but i'm doing <laughs> air quotes it was almost inconceivable that there weren't more episodes out there waiting to be found, and that was that was said to me uh, in in a public forum. So, and I remember at the time, I think I even tweeted that response and saying that is the most positive response I have ever heard. Anyway, the the reason why these episodes allegedly once again haven't been released and it's taken such a long time was because the commercial negotiations have proved extremely tricky. And again, Lucian, you talked about the importing of these these films mm-hmm. uh, into Liverpool a little while ago. And apparently the company run quite eccentrically. Okay, now I'm, I'm choosing my words reasonably carefully there. <laughs> now, And the reason why I'm saying them now on the show is because almost exactly the same description of this particular episode, Hunter... It was said again at Gallifrey in February this year. Now, Stephen, I'm not quite sure whether you were in that panel. That was the um, Missing Episodes panel that uh, Steve Roberts was was hosting. Sadly, I I was probably rehearsing Ah. for our sketch comedy show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, never mind. Um, But once again, people are asking questions, you know... If episodes have been found, why is it taking so long? And, and and everyone on that panel were very keen not to just say, look, it's inconceivable, it's not going to happen. What they did say was that this gentleman, who they did name, a chap called Philip Morris, is quite eccentric, potentially, um, and he wouldn't necessarily have told anyone had he discovered a whole bunch of episodes. Um, See, that, is, I mean, that seems, uh, it seems crazy to me. Uh, and I mean crazy in an eccentric kind of way. Uh, what also seems crazy to me is, uh, and, I, and I don't, I'm going to pose a question I, I don't know the answer to, so it'd be nice if someone did, uh, that this, these films, these film prints are BBC property uh, that, were, that were leased um, you know, to, to the, wherever, whatever company. If we're assuming that they were, they were found in, the, in TV company archives around the world, maybe in Africa or Hong Kong or wherever, are they not still BBC property? <laughs> See, there's a little-known um, uh, law uh, that is global called finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe that's what's at play here. I mean, it does sound like, you know, uh, if I would say it's probably the biggest thing, like you said, that, that, that the money grab is probably the... the the, the huge uh, hold up here um, for anyone which is which I would I would guess I would hazard a guess is the reason why they were even held on to to begin with you know I, I'm I can't imagine that 
uh, that's that's someone who, and and and, and this isn't coming from a, uh, a place where I'm like, you know, Doctor Who is the greatest show in the world, even though I think it is. Um, but just the idea of this this television show, um, this television show that was obviously very unique and very interesting, even when it started in 1963, that people wouldn't have have had access to copies and thought maybe I should hold on to this. Maybe you know I should hold on to this for some reason, you know. Um, and for that to to come back now, around now, uh, these times when the show is huge again, is at its biggest it's ever been. Uh, and uh, and and try and profit off it, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny because the, in back in reading uh, reading White, uh, you you really get this sense and sort of understanding that that you know there wasn't. I mean, uh, it was it was a culture in the in the BBC. That there was no, they didn't see why there should be any reason to archive anything, I mean, and, and that really didn't happen until uh, the mid uh, so early to mid seventies. I mean, they were still they were still actively junking, wiping stuff uh, in the Pertwee era. This is why we have um, you know certain episodes and serials that are only available in black and white, mm. because they're black and white uh, tele-recordings that they were selling ab- abroad. Uh, Barry Letts, uh, you know, talk, I've heard him talk about uh, that he was given sort of a, a last word on, on which ones which ones would you like keeping? Are there anything you'd like keeping? I've heard him talking about the demons, uh, where he, he, was, he was very pleased with the demons and uh, he'd put his seal of approval, oh, yeah, keep that one. So they were, sort, they were sort of thinking at that point, oh, we'll give someone a say in which ones we'll keep and which ones we'll throw away. <laughs> but they were still yeah. actively, actively... It wasn't until, was it the late 70s, that, uh, was it Doctor Who magazine, I think, um, or Doctor Who uh, Monthly, released the list of when they finally actually um, you know, got round to looking. Uh, and there was a woman, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I forget her name, who was given the job of, um, of actually starting to create an archive of, of past material. And it was only when this process began that and she, started, she, was, she was given the job and she started uh, looking at what they'd got. Uh, and just realised the massive gaps in, and and huge uh, cultural phenomenon. So I, no, I'm not saying that Doctor Who is, it was a huge cultural phenomenon, but there, there was so much stuff that was missing from the archives and stuff that you would really expect would have been kept. And this is not confined to the BBC in the 60s. Did you know, and this is an aside, that um, NASA have lost the uh, the uh, the original moon landing footage? <laughs> well, that's because it was no. faked anyway, right? Maybe that's why they lost it. Or, or or we just don't remember because there's a silence on it. Oh, there you go, you see. It all makes perfect sense, really. So. But, the, but that, that is true. They, they, they've moved it so many times from different archives that, 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 it, that they no longer know where it is. It's just amazing to me that, that and all of these are, you know, uh, the, the missing episodes are apparently found in other countries. And that, that is... Not uh, that is not unsurprising that that uh, someone in another country would see this and think uh, maybe I'll hold on to this, you know, and and the short sightedness of of the people actually involved in it being like, well, this is just a TV show that we're doing. It's just a TV show that we're doing, and um, you know now everyone everyone thinks that their TV show is is Shakespeare, so they want to they want to hold on to every single every single bit. But yeah. you know, from what I can gather from what I've read, it, it's completely the opposite. It, it, it's that. Um, the, the the companies that were uh, that were given the material and were just less efficient. Uh, I mean, the BBC b- did become quite efficient at destroying stuff, yeah. um, and quite often you, you find that the the reason that things exist is because it was just some uh, you know it was some trainee 
he'd been sent a memo to say, have you destroyed this? Have you destroyed it? Yeah, yeah, I've destroyed it. And, and he hasn't. And he hasn't. Yeah. And he's been out the back having a fag. Uh, and so it's literally through, through inefficiency um, and these uh, foreign broadcasters, I mean, and God bless them, for being more relaxed than us terribly efficient 1960s and 70s Brits, that um, that these things still exist because because they just said yeah we've destroyed it yeah we we've we've done whatever you're asking because because they couldn't be bothered to send it back um, and 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 they they've just been left to gather dust. Mm. No, it, it's true, and I I can understand why people now are, are trying to profit as you, as as you were um, referring to a little bit earlier, Stephen. I kind of started believing it because I thought it was a sensible. Arguments. It made sense to me when it was described back in back in early 2012. But of course, the longer this goes on, you keep thinking, well, is, is Doctor Who material, however valuable, ever going to be as valuable during the 50th anniversary year? I mean, surely it will depreciate somewhat in the 51st year of the show. You know, you'd have thought some kind of deal ought to have been brokered. Uh, you know, if if indeed this is what's happening. Um, a, a lot sooner. Um, I understand the BBC, you know, because it's so split up now, doesn't necessarily have whole departments who are used to negotiating stuff like this. You know, it, it is extremely rare for archive material to be returned in any shape or form. And I think because you've had the odd one or two episodes, you know, and one, one story back in the 90s dribble back in, then perhaps they've been able to cope with that far easier. But if indeed the rumours are true, and this particular company are difficult to do business with, plus the BBC is dealing with something that it's never dealt with before, the, you know, the scale of this return, this alleged return, um, is, is unprecedented. So, you know, it does all have the ring of truth to it. And again, that particular reason for the delay has been consistent the entire life of these rumours for the last year and a bit. Yeah, because it is a cash cow now. The BBC realises the BBC has a worldwide arm, has a a commercial arm. Uh, and and DVD sales and box set sales and I mean it's it's it's, it's big business. But it's different. And for a company, it's we, different, but, isn't it? I mean, you're talking about you know using your existing property uh, that you have to try and eke further pounds out of people. That's that's one thing, and that's you know that's a commercial decision certainly. But what kind of negotiations? What kind of commercial negotiations would the BBC have that could be compared to? to what we are potentially looking at now. It, it seems strange that the BBC wouldn't... You know, surely the pound signs would light up in their eyes because of the way that the BBC is run. And you know, it's, it's public service. It's, it's um, you know, for people that perhaps don't know. Uh, it, it's, um, it's paid for by the licence fee. It's not, it's not advertising-based. Uh, and the licence fee, I mean, it's not been cut, but it has not been increased you know, in line with inflation. So they're having to make all sorts of cuts all, all over the place. They've sold TV Centre... Uh, which is very sad. There's lot. There's lots of changes in, in the BBC. So uh, their commercial shows like, like like Doctor Who, which is now doing very well abroad and in, in America, which is something which is never really done to the to the um, as we discussed a few weeks ago to the extent that it ha- that it is doing now, is is making money. Yeah, for, for the BBC. But, so, uh, so it's in it's in their interest. I mean, but how much money would they really make? Exactly. I mean, that's that's my question as well. Is I mean, I mean, these are these are old episodes, lots of black and white episodes, and as much as we would love to see all of them, you know, the, the American public, I can't, I can't say that, that it's going to, 
it's going to make BBC Worldwide that much money. Um, I agree. And, and I'm sure what? that that whoever's selling them is asking for an exorbitant amount. It's just not. It just. I don't. I don't know what the ratings have been on the Doctors Revisited, but I, I have found that that, uh, that Americans, if if anything, they're they're more obsessive about finding out the the entire history and uh, and their delight in. Uh, I mean, I, I've read all sorts of American blogs uh, where people start from the beginning, and uh, they they go they obsessively watch, uh, and sometimes in order. And I, I've, I've, I've very rarely heard this from 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 British fans. You know, we'll sort of bit and bob and and uh, dip into certain eras, but all of the obsessive list uh, watching Doctor Who from the beginning, uh, and and including all um, tele reconstructions um, and audios, uh, have been Americans. Oh, you've not heard of the wife in space, have you? Yeah, <laughs> I, but I think is that the, is that the wife that was uh, <laughs> was subjected to? Yes, poor poor yes. poor wife Neil Perryman, yeah. um, formerly mm. of Tacky on TV, certainly. But uh, but you're still talking about fans, Leeson, and I think fandom, you know, even within the UK, you know, they're not going to generate oodles and oodles of cash just from a, a DVD being released. And I think you know the DVD sales in America, even of the new series, aren't you know stellar. You know they're pretty good, but uh, you know compared to other UK I, content, I, I, but I would say they're pretty because I'm always surprised. I, I, I'm in ASDA, and Erin uh, Dawes is doing the she's doing the shop, and I, I take me and JNT off down to the you know we go to the gadgets aisle, we look at the gadgets, we look at the DVDs, and the Doctor Who DVDs they're, they're in the in the top ten. Um, the, the new releases. What, even uh, the sixties? Even yes, uh, yeah. The Reign of Terror. Uh, we, we see them all. They're, they're all always in the top ten. I, I had difficulty really believing that. Let's let's say they had found this this ninety or however many episodes their the latest figure was. Uh, you know, I, I can't see how that's going to be anything other than just a small injection of cash. When you think of the amount of time and effort it takes to restore these tapes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would I would say that the BBC are in the strongest position here because they're the body that can that can release them. If if someone has discovered them, then what position of what are they going to do with them that is going to make them any money other than sell them to the BBC? I I think they probably will end up selling them somewhere if indeed they do exist. But at the same time, you know, again, you, you can look at Philip Morris' um, career, and he, he does, he's done an awful amount of work um, in in Africa, where he goes into TV stations and, and and assists them with technology and various other things. And from what I understand, he doesn't charge, or he charges uh, only a nominal amount. But in return, he asks for access to their archives, in which he systematically mm. goes through in order to try and find any lost um, BBC television programs. And, uh, you know, he does have to fund his travel, if indeed that is the case, and has been doing so for many, many years. So if he is now in a position where he can say, well, I can either hang on to these and watch them myself, essentially, or I can return them to the BBC for a sum of my choosing. And he is, if if you do believe the rumours, difficult to deal with commercially, then it's not inconceivable that these may not ever see the light of day now that's a view that's not my own uh, i spoke to someone else who's been extremely close uh, to the dvd range been involved in the production of lots and lots of extras who believed this story uh, i mean some time mm. ago but they believed this story and again had heard of all of the commercial negotiations being the main reason as to why things weren't progressing 
quickly. Um, and it, it, it's also come to light, and it's, it's certainly no no secret that that Ian Levine uh, has been made aware of these, and he's been very Ian Levine-ish on his Twitter feed. Um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, everything stopped. Now that is exceptionally unusual for Ian to let something go. It is. I mean, has his internet connection gone? <laughs> we don't know. But going, going back, back to the, um, back to the. Uh, you know, you spend your entire life, um, uh, you know, and you devote so much of your life to flying around the world and and seeking out far flung archives to find lost BBC material. You find some, and then, and then there's. Is there really the possibility that you won't? I mean, you won't sort of settle on a on a on a price, and that you will keep it like like Henry Van Staten, just to yourself, and just sit and watch it in a bunker somewhere. I I don't know. I, we might be doing the guy a disservice here. Oh, absolutely, and I think that's important to say. No, we we have absolutely no idea who this guy is, what he <laughs> looks like, or anything. Um, all, all, all we hear are rumours. Um, which goes back to what we said at the beginning of the episode. We know absolutely nothing for for certain here. Um, but I I think what what I would like to say, and the reason why I thought it is sensible for us to discuss on the show, is is because. Practically nothing has changed, and I mentioned this earlier on, but the story has had traction. It has had legs, and it's stayed uh, within fandom, has been talked about considerable amounts for nearly two years. And for me, the only thing that has changed is the number of episodes. So, personally, I believe, for that reason alone, there is a grain of truth to this somewhere. Now, we are talking about my personal opinions here, not any fact. And as listeners will know, and you two certainly know, I am wrong far more frequently than I am right. Uh, But as far as I'm concerned, I believe that there there is a grain of truth here. You know, lots of people who are closer to Doctor Who than we are have believed this rumour at some point. I think that might be the key. Uh, that they, although they are uh, instrumental in in the show being made nowadays, that they are that they deep down they're us and that and they really want them to be. I mean, this is an idea because we're fans and we, we we would love them to be returned. They're fans just because they're more high profile than us doesn't mean that they're any more uh, less inclined to sort of to, to fantasize. No, about but they might be more informed. What, and want, they might be more informed. But interestingly, it's just occurred to me as we're talking about this, is that if, if you were a guy who had found uh, a load of lost episodes and you were having trouble negotiating with the BBC, then I would go public. I'd say I found them. I, I, w- I, would, I would take some pictures of the film cans uh, and, and tweet them and say I found them mm-hmm. and then let fandom go mental and then go, right, do you want to come and talk to me at the BBC? Let's, uh, let's see what you've got to offer. If if he was if he was negotiating in this way, and if he was saying, "All right, I want an extortionate amount," or or I'm just going to keep them in a box in my attic, that 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 seems like a strange thing to do. It might be, but who knows? Maybe it's on certain terms that are a little bit odd. I don't know. Let's say that he would like a particular return uh, on every, every DVD sale made in the future, or something. Perhaps these things, ah. you know, we we simply don't know what nuances there are. If indeed commercial negotiations are taking place that are proven troublesome um I, I i still believe that there is there is something here there is there is there is something at the bottom of this and the latest rumor i've heard and again completely unsubstantiated uh, is that enemy of the world is being lined up for dvd release um come come january it's, it's, so, it's, it's always those it's always those ones isn't it <laughs> 
Now, uh, of course, it's entirely possible. I mean, if we if we're just this this episode is, is entirely conjecture and, and rumor, uh, and just supposition, uh, and and I've just supposed that uh, that maybe maybe it is maybe it's a done deal. Maybe uh, the BBC have the rights, and on all that's taking the time is the is the secret restoration, so that they can they can surprise us. And and this is what this is what I thought because as we've as we've said, I got a phone call from from James in January last year uh, and I just assumed oh this this is, is the perfect 50th present but what they'll do is they'll be quietly and secretively uh, restu- <laughs> restorating <laughs> sorry <laughs> can I just laugh at the, at the and the BBC doing anything quietly and secretly at this point is, is my was my <laughs> they, they there and, and that they would re- release them throughout the 50th year but you know, as, as this year goes on uh, and it is going on uh, in fact it's almost gone um, we haven't had any, so I'm 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 thinking you know releasing them all in the fifty first year. Who knows? Be, yeah. Who knows? I mean, we, well, we've got the knows? official convention coming up on the twenty third itself, and if if you're going to announce something, then it's got to be there. I think um, because where else are you going to get a worldwide collection of Doctor Who fans? But uh, at the Excel Arena on the an- anniversary of the uh, screening of the very first episode, so. You never know. They might end up saying, well, we're going to be releasing something for Christmas as well then. But you just don't know. I mean, part of me almost wants to disbelieve this now, you know, because it's so Mm. much easier to deal with rather than continually thinking there might be a whole bunch of old episodes that we're going to get to see after after all these years. And, uh, you know, it's not inconceivable for the reasons that we've we've discussed. But... um, I, I suppose I suppose there isn't really anything for us to do other than just sit tight and hope. Oh, but it's such a delicious thing, and and Doctor Who fandom, uh, and I suppose to a degree science fiction fandom, and I don't know whether there's any other science fiction show that has got this. You know, science fiction fandom, Doctor Who fandom, um, is is obsessive uh, in a in a very loving way, and to have something like the mystery of the lost episodes is oh, it's just it's a marriage made in heaven because there's so much cloak and dagger and so much uh, you know archive hunting and uh, it's just it's such a delicious little story that do you think if we ever discovered the uh, is it 106 now uh, yeah. missing episodes that yeah, that in some way it would be a bit of a disappointment because it wouldn't be that mystery anymore. Oh, and, I don't mind that in the slightest. Uh, fair, well, you say that now because we haven't. No, I wouldn't. I'd just but, lose the next Doctor and uh, find it again in 20 years. I wouldn't have any problem with doing that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've lost it already. <laughs> you lost it a long, long time ago. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten my cardio in with all this bicycling around uh, <laughs> on, the, on this last episode topic. Um, I think we can all uh, we can all rest uh, assured that um, if the BBC uh, has negotiated uh, a deal to get these episodes, it'll be probably uh, announced in a leaked email in the next couple weeks. So. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, um, but uh, until then, uh, we wait and see and keep our fingers crossed and hope that uh, we get to see uh, that 10th planet episode, fourth episode, 10th planet. Somebody's got to have saved it somewhere. Come on. So, but next week's episode is all things cold blooded as we discuss uh, Ice Warriors and the Big Finish Blood Tie. Mm -hmm. Oh, James, I didn't realize that was next week. I've been following your advice. 
What advice was that, Leeson? It's the only bit of advice that you've ever given that I've ever followed. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're giving it all the time. You say, when you get a classic Who DVD, try to watch one episode like once every few days. I, I haven't caught up yet. I'm only on episode three. <laughs> well, that's okay. You can take part in the first half of the podcast and I'll discuss the remainder with Stephen. At least I'll get a sensible conversation for half the podcast. <laughs> oh, that's that's very kind. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that'll be the first half. <laughs> yes, go on. Back on your bike. Um, anyway, thanks, Stephen. <laughs> thanks, Leeson. Bye for now, listeners. Bye for now, listeners. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> You've been listening to the Doctor Who podcast, brought to you by James, Leeson and Stephen. The DWP ride bikes now. Bikes are cool. You can listen to more episodes of the Doctor Who podcast while cycling at thedoctorwhopodcast.com or if you're at the local velodrome, check out the Doctor Who podcast forums or even our Facebook account and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Keep cycling and take care.